just a couple of minutes, I'll give you my teaser legs uh, for this week's teaser. Um, but a lot of it is me trying to look at the spreads and see which teams I'm buying low on and which teams I'm selling high on. I think every single week that I look at the slate, I try to think of the teams. Like, what mm -hmm. are the teams that have the best narratives, you know, going into this week? And what teams are maybe a little too overhyped going into this week? I think that's always a great place to start because what I've learned betting on the NFL is that it's not always about the X's and O's. It's simply looking at the market and how it stands on some of these teams. Jenks, have you tweaked your strategy betting on the NFL over the years? Because I feel like this is the only sport where I kind of take that approach. Like in baseball, I kind mm -hmm. of trust my instincts. It's based on like starters or, you know, yeah. rest or which players are hurt. But in the NFL, I feel like more than anything, you have to consider the market. Yeah, you do. I I don't know if I've tweaked my approach. I think what I've gotten better at is, and I think this goes for all sports and not just the NFL, is is not falling into traps and not falling into narratives where I used to, and I think the public can get caught up in this too, is, okay, well, this is an obvious play. There's no obvious plays in the NFL. If you see a play that seems obvious, then take a look at the other side. You might be right. You might be right. Your instinct may be right, and sometimes the square side is the right side. But if you see something like, oh, it's a sure bet. Oh, dude, I, I can't believe this. Take a pause and take a look at both sides. And then secondly, I also think that if you're talking about the NFL, it's easy to get caught up in what happened one week before. And sometimes it's it's much better. In fact, most of the time, it's better to take a step back and say, all right, that's one game. Let me look at a trend or let me take sort of an, a top-down view of the season as opposed to one week. The Broncos are a good example because – Everyone remembers when the Dolphins dropped 70 points on them. But since then, the Broncos have been one of the best defenses in the National Football League. They've won five straight, and they've done it with their defense. So if you got caught up in one game saying, I can't believe the Dolphins dropped 70 on the Broncos, the Broncos suck, well, you'd be out a lot of money right now. So that's what I've gotten better at over time is not getting caught up in these week-to-week -week results and I think it's probably helped me just do more analysis and not get, not have these, these knee jerk reactions. Right. And teams can improve. Yeah. Like we have seen this, especially when you have a team that has a new head coach. Sean Payton is not a new coach to the NFL, but he is a new coach for the organization. So it's not surprising that it would take a little bit of time for him to adapt to new players, for the players to adapt to his new schemes and so on and so forth. And it's funny you mentioned the Broncos mm -hmm. because I asked myself this question. Okay, the Broncos stock has been steadily climbing mm -hmm. since they beat the Chiefs and they have looked like a much better team over the last few weeks. But at one point, is the stock going to start dipping? Because do you think we're in a stage for the Broncos where there is still room for improvement and you think the stock is still climbing? Or do we wait and we say, okay, maybe the stock is topping out here. Maybe we need to be very cautious looking at the Broncos. I honestly think the Broncos are playing about as well as they can play right now. Having watched a little bit of Broncos football, I don't know 
how much more they can improve. I think they've kind of hit their ceiling. They can keep winning, but and that defense will keep them in games, and that's why I think it will remain close throughout the rest of the season if you're looking at their schedule. And watching Russell Wilson, he's not the Russ of old. He has gotten better. But what they've done is it seems to me that Sean Payton has sort of pared down that offense a little bit. They run the ball a lot. They put Russell in spots where he can succeed, and they rely on defense and field position. So it's a smart way to play. This is when you take a roster, and this is why I appreciate what Sean Payton has done. Even though I'm not a huge Sean Payton guy, he's saying, here's the pieces that we have. What is our best way to win football games? And right now, he's found the best way to win football games. But I don't think the Broncos are good enough to go on some sort of incredible run. I don't know if this is the spot you sell high on them. It might be, but I I think they're close to their ceiling. Yeah, I'm worried about it. But to tease my teasers, the Broncos may be one of my teaser legs. So let's get into it. Who ruined my teaser this week? think we have a little sounder and a little graphic do we not maybe not maybe we need <laughs> vanna white here to point to the board uh just kidding so let's get into my teaser teams we've been talking about the broncos and they happen to be one of my teaser leg options this week so the basic line is the texans laying three and a half at home to the broncos if you put it in a teaser which if you're new to teasers you get six points in your favor so the broncos instead of getting three and a half are now getting nine and a half points against the Texans. We know the story on C.J. Stroud is that he has looked like the best rookie quarterback by far of any quarterback in the league. But like you said, the Broncos have been playing really well. Mm -hmm. And I think the key for the Broncos to keep it close here, because I just need them to lose by nine or fewer points. Uh, So I think they can do that because they're a team that likes to play ball control. They like to run the football. They have a really good defense. And I'm not sure if I put the Texans in that category of a team that I think is going to blow out the Broncos here. So I will take the Broncos as my first teaser leg, getting nine and a half on the road at the Texans. Here's teaser leg number two. And this one makes me a little nervous, but I do think it's the right call because we've already seen some money come in on this team. We're talking about the Steelers. Do they really deserve to be laying five and a half points to anybody? Probably not. The Steelers have not won a single game this year by double digits. So you can get the Cardinals plus 11 and a half. I think that is the play there. Last week, the Cardinals did not look good, but Sean McVay absolutely owns Arizona. So I think I'll take the Cardinals plus 11 and a half and the Broncos plus nine and a half. Those are my first two legs. So Jinx, before we proceed to number three, do you have a problem with either of those teaser legs? Hmm. No, I don't, Chelsea. I like your teasers. I'm always a fan of your teasers. I, You know what scares me? Honestly, the Broncos scare me just a little bit. Just because the Texans are at home. They have an explosive offense. I, 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 I believe the Broncos can keep this close just because of their defense. But if you're talking about them maybe hitting a ceiling, this could be a spot where they just have an off game. It's hard to win six straight in the NFL. I think that's the one that scares me more than anything else. But also, you get the Broncos defense against a rookie quarterback, and I understand that C.J. Stroud is having a fantastic season. He's still a rookie, so I still like it, but that's the one that worries me. 
I also think if you can run the ball with the Broncos, that's when they can be really successful. Like you yeah. said, if they're not relying on Russell Wilson too heavily, mm-hmm. that's when they have put up really good numbers. And so far this year, Russell Wilson actually has really good numbers. I don't have him in front of me, but his touchdown to interception ratio is actually really good. Here it is. 20 touchdowns to only four picks this year. Those are pretty solid numbers for a quarterback that looked to be in the dumpster just last season. So let's look at a third option. And this is where it kind of gets tricky because I do like those first two, the Cardinals and the Broncos. But this one looks almost too square for me to take it. The Eagles are getting two and a half points at home against the Niners. Yes, the Niners are probably the best team in football. One could make the argument that the Eagles Mm -hmm. are. But if you put them in a teaser, the Eagles are now getting eight and a half points. I have actually seen this situation before. Wasn't this the line for the Chiefs game? And I thought to myself, hmm, maybe we should put the Eagles in a teaser. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they won that game outright, did they not? I need to double check. But still, the point being, the Eagles at home, if you were Mm -hmm. getting eight and a half points with the Eagles at home against anybody, it feels like a solid play. But is this too square to make it into my teaser? I like it. I can't imagine the Eagles getting blown out at home by the Niners. But I will say this. This is a bad spot for the Eagles. And there's a reason Mm -hmm. why the spread, at least, has gone from, what, Niners minus one and a half to Niners minus two and a half. And it's because the Niners have had 10 days off. Remember, they played on Thanksgiving. So you're talking about a team that's going to be well-rested against an Eagles team that had to go to overtime against Buffalo and had to rally from behind. I can assure you, If the Eagles fall behind against the Niners like that, they're not rallying against that 49ers defense like they did against the Bills. So I I can't imagine the Eagles at home losing by that many points, but I will say it's not a great spot for the Eagles considering that they had to go to the extra session and the Niners are just waiting around. Yeah, especially because look at the schedule that the Eagles have Mm -hmm. played. They have played the Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills in overtime, And now they get the Niners. And then the week after, they get the Cowboys. Like, what a gauntlet of a Mm -hmm. stretch for the Philadelphia Eagles. And here's the thing about the Eagles. They have played some bad halves of football. I don't think you can necessarily get away with that if the Niners are playing the dominating football that we know that they are capable of doing. Right. Like, we have seen kind of cracks in the armor for the Eagles where sometimes their run defense doesn't look especially stout. And, you know, who better to take advantage of that than the Niners, who have a great offensive line and some of the best weapons on the offensive side of the football and Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. So I think that's why the line is where it's at. So maybe I'll take them out of the teaser and maybe I will just play the Niners on the money line. Minus 145. Do we like that? Or do you think the Eagles drum up some more magic? No, I don't. I I love the Niners here. I will not be here on Friday for our pick six, but if I were doing my pick six, I would take the Niners. This is a great spot for San Francisco, a great spot. And you were saying it earlier, I don't really believe this narrative, but if the Eagles are truly lucky to be 10-1, and I don't think they're lucky to be 10-1. and I do agree there are times when they haven't looked as dominant as we saw last season. I just think it sets up really well for San Francisco here. So I would take San Francisco. And plus you're getting it less than a field goal. So Niners minus two and a half would be a play I'm on.